Hello, my name is EJ Schultz, Assistant Managing Editor of AdAge, and welcome to another edition of the Marketer's Brief podcast. Today, we're going to be talking with Michael McGowan, who is the Chief Marketing Officer of Performance Health. You probably have not heard of Performance Health, but you most likely have heard of one of their brands. It's called BioFreeze, which is a topical pain relief. For years, BioFreeze was only distributed through healthcare professionals, but they recently started marketing directly to consumers as they started becoming available at retail. So we're going to be talking a little bit about how they transitioned to become a direct-to-consumer brand, some of the lessons Michael learned in that process, how BioFreeze is marketing differently than some of their competitors, and some of the success that they've experienced. Happy to be joined by uh, Michael McGowan today. Michael is the CMO of Performance Health. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is because I think you guys present an interesting case study in how you convert a brand that has traditionally been B2B into a B2C brand. Um, you're Chief Marketing Officer for Performance Health, and one of your big brands is BioFreeze. And I think you guys just recently went through this exercise a couple years ago. So I was hoping you could kind of fill us in on that. And maybe we could kind of start from the top, explain uh, to people who, haven't, who aren't that familiar with Performance Health or BioFreeze, kind of what you guys are all about. Great. Well, thanks, EJ. Really happy to be here today with you. Uh, performance Health is the global leader in rehab, recovery, and sports performance. And so where we touch uh, the, the consumer at the end of the day is we're the largest distributor in the space. So if someone goes and sees an outpatient rehab or a, or a, a healthcare practitioner, generally the products they're using are our products. Uh, but we also have some leading brands like BioFreeze, which go direct to consumer. Uh, BioFreeze, for those who aren't familiar, is the number one clinically recommended pain reliever. And uh, we've been selling now for over 25 years through the clinical channels. And now just about two years ago, started selling direct to consumer. And so clinical channels, meaning like I would go to either my physical therapist or my doctor's office and they would just. Correct. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't need a prescription for this. What I No, it's an over-the-counter product. Okay. Uh, but yes, has been built up through uh, physical therapists, massage therapists, chiropractors, athletic trainers, uh, mm -hmm. be a product that. If you went in there with uh, pain or, or muscle soreness, they would have recommended that you use it. Got it. And so you came from Mondelez, right? Correct. Which is the maker. Of course, Oreos is one of their big brands. Correct. And, and what were you doing there? And then what convinced you to, to join Performance Health? So when I was at, uh, was at Mondelez, I led uh, Global Strategy, Insights, Analytics, and M&A. Mm -hmm. And uh, came over to Performance Health because what I saw was a really unique opportunity to take a number of brands that were number one in the, the vertical they played in, but it never had real consumer stories told around them. Mm -hmm. And so what I saw were brands that had incredible brand loyalty, but really low awareness. And mm -hmm. so how do we build upon that loyalty to create really special brand opportunities and connection with consumers? And so why did the company make the decision to move beyond B2B and start target, you know, start because they're now sold, BioFreeze is now sold in where? Like Target? Uh, yeah, Walmart, okay. uh, Target, CVS, yeah. Walgreens, really national distribution yeah. at this point. And, and why did they make that decision to, to go that route? I think, you know, it's something that we had debated for quite a while, actually, and had number of, uh, of, of different, I'd say, key points in which we could have launched or not. I think ultimately we saw there was overwhelming amounts of demand there. Uh, and so had a really unique opportunity to, to launch and in what was late 2016 mm -hmm. uh, and have really seen incredible results since then. And so for the, the marketing people out there listening to this story, take us behind the scenes on 
what it's like. You're walking into a place and you're, you're basically building a consumer marketing department from scratch. Is from that scratch, what yeah. yeah. So what, how'd you go about that? So we had a team of people who were really an exceptionally talented group of B2B marketers, but really were unfamiliar with consumers. So a lot of it really was starting over the basics is mm-hmm. how do we create uh, brand foundations and brand hierarchy and, I mean, uh, literally the the brand assets we were using were Arial font uh, with a uh, with a clipart icon was was our logo. Yeah. And so really thinking about how do we be very purposeful about everything we're creating mm-hmm. that really helps back the identity that we that we built, but also in a way reinforces that brand loyalty uh, around what people think about the brand. And so, like you guys compete, I think correct me if I'm wrong against like icy hot. Um, salon Paws is, is it sort of your competitive set. Like, how are you different from them, and how are you going about this differently? Yes, yeah, so we have kind our, of what's kind of what this market has been. I think a lot of people think of these products, maybe think, "Oh, it's I don't need to use this till I get old," uh, stuff like that. Yeah, I think that was the part that we saw as a really exciting opportunity. Is that at the core, this had real authentic usage of a lot of consumers mm-hmm. who actually didn't buy the category at all today, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, what the brand has is an incredibly, incredibly powerful endorsement cycle of where you've gone to someone that you've trusted and they've recommended this product in the moment of need and you had a really positive experience taking mm-hmm. that forward. And so the way we look at our, ourselves versus the category is this, we have our traditional category competitors, but we're really actually creating a behavior that's a much bigger platform that mm-hmm. goes um, after active individuals who mm-hmm. have opportunities to use the products and authentically integrate that into their into their daily regiments in a in a really different way than the category pursues them today. Explain that. So, what's what's your marketing look like? So, our marketing really focuses on um, on telling the stories of of really aspirational individuals, whether mm-hmm. those are some of the best athletes in the world, and so we have a really robust sports marketing program that sits mm-hmm. at the base of what we do or just great everyday athletes who happen to be doing phenomenal things as well. And so mm-hmm. a lot of our marketing focuses on telling those aspirational stories and focusing on the feeling the power of achievement and accomplishment at the end of that, mm-hmm. and a lot less about the functional moments of pain, mm-hmm. uh, which is where a lot of the current category marketing sits today. And so, you know, I've, I've watched some of your advertising. You're, you're showing versus, I think, someone maybe pulling their back out, grabbing a muscle in pain. You're showing kind of them actually performing, Correct. You know, whether that's playing basketball, running. Is that kind of the idea? Correct. Yeah, yeah our whole idea is that we, we want to provide a product that allows you to overcome pain and get to mm-hmm. progress and ultimately to feeling the ultimate power mm-hmm. of achievement mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And and um, when you and I were talking earlier, I, I know you kind of made some Gatorade analogies. Can you kind of explain that? Um, yeah. So I think for us, we look at Gatorade as a mentor brand. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the same authenticity of the way Gatorade was built really on the sidelines, we've been built up with athletic trainers and in recovery rooms. Mm -hmm. And so that same sort of authenticity about being the best product on the market to help you uh, fuel your needs in in some ways on the Gatorade side, we we say feel is our our analogous language. And and feeling is a really important word for our brand because it's a product that you immediately apply it. It provides you fast-acting, powerful pain relief in that moment of need. But then what that allows you to do is unlock that ability to go after and chase your hopes and dreams and ultimately accomplish whatever you have ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And and you have some pretty big name endorsers, right? I think that you have a new or recent campaign out from Damian Lillard, right? For Correct. the Portland Trailblazers, right? Correct. Yeah. So we, uh, at the as I mentioned before, at the basis of what we do, we have 
a, a robust sports marketing program. So we partner with a number of the leading Major League Baseball teams, NBA, and then uh, some individual athletes as well. Around the All-Star Game this year, we launched a new piece of creative with uh, Damian Lillard that mm -hmm. tells his incredible story of overcoming many obstacles to become you know, one of the best players in the NBA last year, finished first team All-NBA. Mm -hmm. um do you do television advertising, digital? What's, what's kind of your main approach? So one of the things that we we is really important to us is how do we tell the story most authentically to the user we're going after? And mm -hmm. that user is consuming less and less television, mm -hmm. uh, not surprisingly. And so yeah. we, we focus heavily on digital and social experiential marketing. And then we do do some television, but it's all aimed at live sports that further activates our existing partnerships, either with our athletes or our teams. Mm -hmm. Um, do you do, um, I know you do like some advertising in stadiums, is that right? Correct. And then you sort of retarget people. Yeah. So one of the things that, that we, that we, uh, that we've learned is that, you know, sports serves as a really powerful base for, uh, instantly giving the authenticity for the product. So mm -hmm. it's used and trusted by the best. That isn't, you know, an applicable analogy for you and your moment of need. And so, uh, we build programs, you know, like with the Chicago Cubs. If you go into Wrigley Field, the right field scoreboard has a big biofree sign on it. If you then exit the stadium, we retarget you with advertising, whether it's on Facebook or other platforms. Mm -hmm. You get into your home, we do the same thing there. And so it becomes a really powerful 360-degree marketing campaign mm -hmm. so that if you're listening on the radio, you'll hear uh, advertising around the pitchers and their regiment and how biofreeze is a part of that. So watching it on television and seeing our advertising there to ultimately experience it in the stadium. So you know that I walk, you know that I'm in, at the Cubs game or whatever. Correct. On, how do you do that? I mean, there's incredible amounts of data out yeah. there uh, that is you know, pretty readily available using yeah. geotargeting yeah. that allows us to go after our right consumer. Mm -hmm. And But what's important is we want to do, we want to target people though in the moments that matter to them. Yeah. And so I think a lot of brands today are still doing pretty mass market strategies using really broad-based demographic pools. Yeah. Um, and I think we're all about delivering that most authentic message to you in your moment of need um, or when it's most relevant for you. Talk, talk about that because that's an important point that I think a lot of brands are struggling with. Like how do you determine what those moments of need are and then how do you measure yeah. if that's So we've worth. done extensive amounts of consumer research yeah. to really understand uh, not only people's interests but also their behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so um, we try to, to, you know, for example, for the group that we go after, we know that running is by far the, the number one activity that they participate in. Mm -hmm. And so we've authentically integrated ourselves into several of the major marathons in the country here, whether that's the New York Marathon, the Chicago Marathon, now the Biofree San Francisco Marathon. Mm -hmm. And in those races, we've actually become the first product to be added on course in over 10 years. The last product to be added was Gatorade. Mm -hmm. And what we've done is set up pain relief stations at the 20th mile yeah. that, again, hit our active target in a moment of need of when they need you know, just that extra boost to yeah. push through the wall and yeah. finish the race. So I'm I, I'm an amateur runner myself. I do half marathons, not not the full ones. And, and I've noticed when I go into these races, there's just a lot of branding, a lot of brands everywhere, you know, whether yeah. it's the, the day you sign up and get your shirt. I mean, and so, like, when you're talking about this marketing, like, during these race events because it's become a huge thing. I mean, running has become so popular for yeah. everyday people. Um, how do you stand out? Like, how do you, I mean, you mentioned one example, but, but how have you navigated that? Yeah. I think one of the challenges, there's lots of brands that show up, but there's mm -hmm. very few that are doing something that provide a direct benefit to the runner. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the benefits we have is that our product is actually endemic to uh, the regiments of, of active individuals. Yeah. So, 
in that race, that's the ultimate sort of, I think, uh, sampling opportunity because someone actually needs their product, you apply it to them and then they go off and do something yeah. great. Yeah. So that becomes, a, I think, a really nice way for us to stand out. The other way we stand out is we focus a lot on partnering uh, to create really compelling content with our partners mm -hmm. that's, that's relevant to them. So um, we uh, sponsor in, in a number of the running communities, the pacers. Those are the folks that are out there helping people train the runners, yeah. uh, staying on time. And then we will create content around those types of partnerships. Uh, we give behind the scenes looks into the training regiments of some of the best athletes of our team partners. Mm -hmm. And again, it's providing people content that reinforces the authenticity of the usage, but things that are really interesting to that consumer that we're going after. Yeah. Maybe we should have done this at the beginning, but I explain the product itself. I know, you know, it's a yeah. topical pain reliever. It's just you apply it to your Correct. skin. Um, how does it work exactly? And then do you guys compete with like Advil and some of the stuff that you actually ingest in your system? We do. So we are a, um, we're a pain relief product broadly. So yeah. there are in, there's internal pain relief and there's external pain relief. Yeah. Uh, the way an external product works is it comes in many different formats. There's a, a gel, a, a roll-on format, spray mm -hmm. format, mm -hmm. uh, a cream we have. We actually just launched a new product, which is a patch as well. Mm -hmm. And any one of those you're applying to, uh, to your skin. Mm -hmm. The way the product works uh, is that it has an active ingredient. In our case, it's menthol. Mm -hmm. And we have a proprietary blend of botanicals in there that allow the menthol to penetrate your skin quickly to provide mm -hmm. you immediate sensation of pain relief. Mm -hmm. What the product does is it sends signals to your brain that help block the pain signals out, which allow you then to focus in that moment of whatever you're doing mm -hmm. on the task ahead. Mm -hmm. So the, the benefit of our product is that it's a safer alternative to an internal ingestible uh, product like an Advil uh, or a Tylenol. Yeah. And what we're seeing is that given a lot of the trends towards safer pain relief in the marketplace, our category has been growing tremendously, largely on the back of Biofreeze's success in the last couple of years. And when you're describing this, I can't help but think of like the CBD trend yeah. uh, and the cannabis trend and, you know, some of the non-psychoactive properties of cannabis that people yes. are putting into products. Um, how do you view those? Is that like a competitor? Is it something you guys would consider doing yourself? What's your take on that? I mean, it's unquestionably something that uh, is a trend in the marketplace, yeah. I think. For us, what's really important is that our products are proven to be safe, and mm -hmm. we have over 70 studies that prove the clinical efficacy yeah. of Biofreeze. Yeah. There's zero clinical evidence yet that CBD does provide pain relief. Yeah. There are people who anecdotally express that for them, it, it provides some yeah. benefit, but we're really cautious about um, ensuring, because again, what our brand is rooted in is building up for over 25 years the trust of the leading professionals in the country mm -hmm. who recommend this product yeah. as being the best pain relief on the market. Yeah. And we just want to be really careful about anything we do going forward, that it mm -hmm. lives up to that brand promise. Speaking of those professionals, as you've poured more resources into the direct-to-consumer side of this, how have you maintained the B2B relationships? Is it a... Um, is that something you have to balance now, or is it just something you're sort of building on? To no, we continue to uh, run actually very similar marketing programs the way we've done before. Yeah. So I think um, what you find is a lot of the professional communities are actually heavily fragmented. So yeah. it's taken quite a while to build up the type of loyalty and affinity we have today. We have, mm -hmm. I believe now, three and four professionals recommends our product. Yeah. And we have brand awareness amongst that professional community of almost 90%. Yeah. And so... 
Um, it's really important that we continue to maintain those relationships. And what mm -hmm. we've actually seen is, is now that we've built up a stronger consumer brand, it actually has benefited the clinician further because uh, I think that choice that they're making and recommending the product looks even better in some mm -hmm. ways because we're providing a, a brand that, uh, that stands for all the great credentials that they're looking to provide to their patients. So do you, because um, they could be seen as influencers, right? And that's Correct. such a hot thing right now. And I, especially in this, with this kind of product as a runner, basketball player, you're always kind of looking to experts for advice yep. and not necessarily a big celebrity, but someone that you trust. Do you guys use your sort of clinicians in that we capacity? Do. Like, do you pay them to do influencer marketing and stuff like Some that? Some of them we don't have to, honestly, yeah. because we have... Uh, we support them in many other ways. Yeah. So not just on Biofreeze, but other brands we have, we yeah. have supported them and their practices for decades. Yeah. Uh, but they become key parts of the story. So mm -hmm. as we talk about uh, Drew Brees or a Sloan Stevens as being you know, two of the better athletes in their, in their sports, a lot of the story that we talk about is how they connected with a professional and it was that professional's recommendation that turned them onto the brand and the usage. So it becomes a really important part of the story and how we, how we magnify it with the right people. But I think you're exactly right. What we try to focus on is that for each individual person, you're drawing upon your influence from, from different people. For some people, that is a clinician. For other people, mm -hmm. it's it's their uh, their influencer they're following on Instagram and seeing what their regimen are. Mm -hmm. So we're really cognizant about those micro communities mm -hmm. and how we have enough content that's relevant for each individual. What kind of... Um sales results have you seen since you started this journey to the B2C? Like, how's it going? I mean, it's honestly been phenomenal. Yeah. And so I was sharing with you earlier, I mean, this has been easily the most fun thing that I've worked on in my career. And mm -hmm. it's just one of those, um, I think, brands that just continues to have such outstanding brand fundamentals and these brand intrinsics that you just don't see very mm -hmm. often. Uh, we recently uh, just crossed to become the fastest growing brand in all of OTC. Over uh, the counter. Over the counter. Yeah. Um, we... Uh, over the course of the last couple of years, um, we've been really fortunate to have great success with Walmart. Uh, we now have the number one and number two SKUs across the category and actually now are the number two and number three overall SKUs in all of pain relief at Walmart. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's been a really it's been a really phenomenal ride, but we really think that we're just getting started, which is the fun part is for many of these brands, you start to peter out at some yeah. point after the initial distribution build. Yeah. And what we're seeing is we're actually just only gaining momentum mm -hmm. as we continue to crack into this group of people that no one's currently communicating to today, which is this more active community. Mm -hmm. What's your, do you have a tagline or? Uh... We have a couple. So um, Biofreeze, Cool the Pain is one of them. Mm -hmm. Just talks about the immediate benefit of the product. Mm -hmm. And then our more aspirational positioning is all, is all around feeling no limits. Mm -hmm. And I should ask you what other products you guys sell. Is this Biofreeze seems like it's your flagship. But it is else, our flagship. What else do you have? So we have uh, about 10 brands that are number one or number two in their clinical channel. Mm -hmm. uh, the the other larger ones would be TheraBand, mm -hmm. uh, which for uh, for any time you've gone and done physical therapy, yeah. uh, those rubber bands you're using by and large are, are ours. We created that category now almost 45 years ago. Uh -huh. um, another one would be Kramer, which is the leading athletic training brand. So mm -hmm. any athletic tape you're using, different training accessories. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to end kind of the way we started, but um, speaking to the broader marketing audience audience out there listening to us, what would your like advice be, having lived through this, of taking a, a B2B brand and, and made it more consumer-facing? Like, What is your biggest lesson learned? Or what would you share with someone that might be going through this journey? 
I think really two things. One is uh, you have a right to be bold. And I think one of the things that has been most enjoyable out of this is that we've taken a lot of risks with the brand, but have those risks have played off in spades. Mm -hmm. And had we played this safer, I really don't believe we would have seen as accelerated growth as we have. Mm -hmm. And so today's marketplace today is just littered with really, I think, really strong brand marketing, but in many ways, what they lack is, is real authenticity. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the second thing is like, you know, how do you stick out? You stick out by being true to who you are and being really authentic and how you approach it. And, and so we focus on every piece of content we put out has to meet our standard or, or we're not going to put it out the door. Yeah. And so it's a combination of taking the right amount of risk, mm -hmm. but then also just making sure you're staying true, true, true to what's most important to you, which for us is that authenticity around the voice and how we talk to our, our consumer and what the benefit is and, and who's ultimately endorsing it and not shortcutting any part of that. Got it. That's some, that's some really good advice. Um, I think we'll leave it there. Great. Uh, thank you for joining us. We'll appreciate it. Thanks okay. That was Michael McGowan, Chief Marketing Officer at Performance Health. I'd like to thank Michael for joining us today in the Marketer's Brief Podcast. My name's EJ Schultz, Assistant Managing Editor of AdAge. I want to thank our producer today, Max Sternlicht, and welcome you to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Stay tuned. Thank you. Thank you.